Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Pants dance season. We got the NCAA basketball season beginning, and it began with a bang. We're going to get into that to start off with the show. Which this is how I feel. You feel when the Major League Baseball season comes back into life. You just you know, hop on the power rankings and get right to it. You're very excited to watch this go down. Me, college basketball comes on, and like I said, it is the cream pants dance all for me. Um, we're going to go over the NFL today. We've got some coaches on our shit list. It's not a hot seat with us. It's more of a shit list and a snip list. So we'll see which coaches made that. We've got college football picks for you. Ohio State's going to be the hot pick of the week from both Wits and I. And that is basically going to be the show. Maybe a little sprinkle of NBA. But let's just jump right into it, Wits. AP Top 25 for NCAA men's basketball rankings. We have had two awesome matchups so far. We had Kansas versus Michigan State. Kansas winning 92-87 on Tuesday night. Kansas looked Fairly dominant throughout the majority of the game, holding a 10-point lead or higher all the way into the last two minutes when they couldn't hit their free throws, causing Roz to push on his first college basketball bet of the season as I had Kansas minus five. A push is better than a loss, though, because it keeps the momentum alive, and I rode that momentum into the Duke-Kentucky game, which probably was the most prolific, exciting matchup we could have to start off the year with what we have in R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, and Cam Reddish leading the Duke Blue Devils against Kentucky, and Keldon Johnson, who is their number one recruit coming into the season. Duke just put the squash, the kaposh and the squash on Kentucky and John Calipari. People like Dickie V coming out and saying that the UK Wildcats are his favorite to win the national title this year. Let's take that back because we got the Dukey Blue Devils with the three prodigies, the three prodigal sons. They're going to take it all this year. Without a doubt, I don't even need to find a Baylor this year. I don't need to find a Texas A&M because, folks, you take Duke to win your national title. What do you think about those opening games, Wits? <laughs> Man, I thought you know you could have just done the whole show by yourself. I don't even know why you need me anymore. For college but, um, basketball, I don't even know why I need you. You, you, you don't. That's, uh, that's what you're right about. Don't need me for college basketball. But I did catch a little bit of a glimpse of those uh, big opening night games. Um Michigan State, Kansas, that was a great game. I think those are going to be two tough teams. Um, obviously, Kansas ranked number one. Um, they're going to be very tough to stop. But 
I mean, most impressive out of that opening night, it's got to be Duke, an absolute beatdown of Kentucky. Like, I understand it was the first game. Um, I think there's definitely some overreaction about how good Duke is and how bad Kentucky is in comparison. Um, So let's not play Monday morning quarterback and call Kentucky a wash for the year, but Jesus, 34 points, um, that was just an embarrassment by Kentucky and Coach K. And I was reading an article on CBS that has possibly the three top Duke freshmen going one, two, and three in the draft, which is pretty pretty darn spooky for one college team to have three guys who are projected top three picks. Um, and it had Zion Williamson going to the Bulls, so I, I definitely like that so far. That would be very intriguing to see the next LeBron James in Chicago Bulls uniform. I mean – I can't say – so that's been the press this week that Zion is the next LeBron. And I don't disagree, but I disagree in terms of statistics and value to a team. I'm going to agree in the aspect of it's something we've never seen. Because nobody had seen anybody James when he came out of high school and into the NBA. And there has been nobody like LeBron James in the NBA ever since. I mean, literally the prototypical tight end, he would be able to catch any ball in the NFL he wanted. But he dominates on the basketball court. Now you look at a kid like Williamson – who is 6'7", 285 pounds with a 45-inch vertical. That's never been done before. Just like there's never been a LeBron James before, there's never been a Zion Williamson before. So you're putting a guy who's bigger than Aaron Judge. You're putting a guy who is bigger than half the offensive linemen in college football right now. I mean, it's ridiculous. This guy is a freak of nature beyond belief. And freak is usually a negative word, but I want to say like an all-star of nature, a guy who is going to be unbelievable at the next level and is just going to absolutely dominate at this level i mean there's nobody who wants to stand in front of the guy when he goes to the hoop because he'll either jump over you or jump through you duke's going to be that national title team i was saying at the beginning but let's quickly go down the rest of the line like you said kentucky's number two right now that loss doesn't mean their season's over i don't understand the people who are really freaking out and saying calipari's lost it they'll be fine they'll win the sec i think easily although this is the year of the sec and we'll get to that in a second Kentucky, though, I do, the, I do believe wins the SEC. Then you got Gonzaga Wits at number three. That's a team that me and you have gone back and forth on over the years. We don't know if they play enough talent. We don't know if they're ever ready for the tournament. I don't know if the jury's out for you on Gonzaga, but for me, I see them at the three. They'll have a respectable season winning games. I just don't see them going very far. I'm not sure what you're thinking in terms of Gonzaga. Mm, I mean, this is a pretty high um preseason ranking for them I mean usually you know by the time that they're you know 28 and 1 they're creeping into the top 10 but having them ranked three at the start of the year I think that's a pretty big deal and I think this Gonzaga team is a little more talented um than they usually are and that that people give them credit for so I I don't think Gonzaga is going to be an early out in the tournament this year I mean they've definitely surprised in the past I think they're always an easy team to pick against because you know mid-major um, you know, really good team. It's like, eh, I don't know if they can do it, but I think Gonzaga is going to surprise a lot of people this year. Um, I think, I mean, they could go, they could always go deep into the tournament, but I think they might make it to the final four this year. I mean, I think this team is that talented and it's going to be tough. I mean, there's a lot of good teams out there and we have a ton of basketball to play right now, but I like Gonzaga. Um, another team to watch out for. I think that, you know, you can never forget national championship Villanova, um, got one first place vote, but they're ranked number nine right now. Um, I know they lost, uh, you know, a big guy in Jalen Brunson um, and lost a couple other players. But Jay Wright, I think one of the best coaches in college basketball. I think Villanova is going to be a team to look out for, um, you know, going down the stretch here when we get to March Madness. 
I like Villanova as well. They did lose a majority of their starters to the NBA draft last year. But like you said, Jay Wright is a great coach, and he's been a guy that builds teams. So it's not like these guys were all freshmen that they lost. These were guys that were seniors and juniors. So like them before, they're going to have players that Jay Wright's been grooming for this opportunity. We see West Virginia, or we don't see West Virginia. We see Virginia at five, the famous one seed to lose to a 16th seed. I think that's a high rating for them. Jerry Rubin, come after me if you'd like. Virginia. Awesome defense. We'll never take that away from them. They can't compete against the teams that want to score. And wait till you get Duke, who just dropped 118 on Kentucky, coming to you at Virginia. I don't think that's a fair ranking for Virginia. I think you're going to see them slip throughout the year. We got Tennessee at six. Wild card right there. I don't really know how much they have, but they're an interesting six. Like I said, the SEC has six ranked teams coming into the preseason top 25, which blows my mind. Nevada, we know about them with the Twins. They're not going to play anybody. They're the Wichita State of this year for me. I think they're going to go undefeated potentially, but then lose in the tournament. UNC, a team I think you would like Wits. I think UNC is a Wits team this year. There's, again, a build of character. They had some recruits come in, but they are, again, like Roy Williams, like Jay Wright. They've been building that program for a while. feel that number eight, I think UNC is a Wits team. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, yeah. Preseason All-American Luke May, if you remember a couple of years ago in the tournament, hit a huge shot. Um, I forgot who it was against, but you know I think he's going to play a major role this year. And I think a uh, guy to look out for is freshman Nasir Little. Um, seven points, three assists on opening night. And came off the bench. Gonna, yeah, came off the bench. I think he's going to be a big playmaker this year for the Tar Heels. Um, but that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm and amfm247.com. And we'll be back after the break. What's up? What's up, everybody? We're going to keep rounding out this top 25. We're not going to get to every team, but we'll finish the top 10 for sure. Michigan State, the only top 10 team we didn't talk about. They did lose, but they were very impressive in the way they came back. Langford and Winston, I think, are going to be great guards for them. They have Nick Ward in the middle, who's just kind of a big body that's going to make it difficult for teams like Kansas, who had Azubuike, or even Duke with any of their big men. I mean, you don't really want to go in and try to posterize Ward. Michigan State, I think, is the clear-cut favorite in the Big Ten. Purdue losing so many players over the last two years, and there really not being any other force in the Big Ten. Ohio State might be coming up. They just beat Cincinnati Thursday or Wednesday night, so who knows? Michigan, again, kind of score first team, no defense. I like Michigan State to win the Big Ten. We've got Auburn, our third SEC team in the top 11. I can't. Re- this is almost like a football ranking, Xander. I cannot believe how many SEC teams we're talking about in the top 25 for basketball. Yeah, I mean, and you look a little further down the list, um, you got LSU as well. So it could be a big year for the SEC. Um, and one of the teams I like kind of near the bottom, I like the Hoosiers this year, coming in right around the top 25. Um, I think a guy to look out for is Romeo Langford. Um, Indiana's reigning Mr. Basketball, had 19 points and a season-opening win against one of the worst teams in Division One, but still a Division One team, Chicago State. Um so I think he's going to have a big year. I like Indiana. Uh, so I think it could be a, a Big Ten SEC type of year this year. Um, but like I said, it's going to be tough. Kansas and Duke, um, those are going to be some tough teams to beat. Yeah, I'm not feeling the Big Ten as much this year. The SEC will, should be interesting. Like you said, LSU coming in at number 23. We also got Mississippi State at 18. Clemson is not the SEC. For some reason, I always put Clemson in the SEC. Clemson is a 22. 
My squad, obviously UCLA, had a good recruiting class come in. They've had some players stay. Jalen Hands. I didn't even know Chris Wilkies was staying. UCLA, that's – if I were to give you a team this year that I think could surprise people, like my Baylors, like my Texas A&M, number 21 UCLA, keep an eye out on them. Nice 96-71 win over Indiana-Purdue, Fort Wayne. This is a team that has experience and a bunch of new guys. Unfortunately, Sharif O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal's son, will not be playing due to heart conditions this year. But I do like UCLA at 21. I think they're going to be an interesting team moving forward. Purdue at 24. We just have to shout out Purdue for Mike Strafe's sake. Purdue still has Carl Edwards Jr. Yeah, they we, won. we need to get Strafe back on here. We need a little. We got to get Strafe back Strafe. on here. We need a little. We need a little color commentary from Strafe. He just ran the Chicago Marathon, so he might be winded, but he'll be back soon. Purdue did win their opening night game against Fairfield, 90 to 57. That's pretty much what I got right now for college basketball. We're going to be in and out of college basketball now until March Madness. You know me. I'll keep you on your toes, giving you some picks here and there. I love this week. I love Evansville plus 16 tonight against Illinois. I ripped Bucknell the other night plus nine. We're looking good to start the year. We're 2-0-1, oh, so uh, hopefully we'll keep the trend going. But let's hop into the other sport in college, fo- or college sports, and that is football. We've got some interesting things to talk about from last week, like Alabama winning 29 to nothing, and that begs the question, will there be a team that beats Alabama? Which I think you have the correct answer. I know for sure I have the correct answer. Yeah, probably not. I mean, Alabama, that was a brutal game by LSU. I mean, you thought they might even, they might be able to hang a little bit, but man, they just got manhandled in every aspect of the game. Um going to be real tough for them to make the playoff now and they just they didn't even look like they belonged on the same field um as alabama but give a little, little shout out to the michigan wolverines hopping into the give top them four. The shout. yeah i uh i actually went to my first game at the big house and Roz, it was unbelievable One hundred and eleven thousand people there um and just an absolute beatdown of Penn State. You know, we got got to our seats, you know, right before Michigan scored their first touchdown. And it's crazy how loud that many people can get. You know, I think that one of the coolest things actually was walking alongside the stadium before we walked in when the F-16 fighter pilots flew by. And I was just, I was all sorts of jacked up. I wanted to get a helmet out of the locker room and just run onto the field. Um, but it was an awesome game. And Michigan, I think rightfully so, is sitting um, in that last playoff spot right now behind Notre Dame and Clemson. Um, And, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and UCF, uh, the only four undefeateds left in, you know, FBS play right now. Um, I love how UCF got knocked down two spots out of the top ten after winning. (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh, (laughs) <laughs> kind of a slap in the face. To There's them. no love for UCF, which I don't think they deserve. I'm going to be honest with you. You can tell me how many games they win in a row, but until you schedule an Alabama or an SEC or a Big Ten team on your schedule, you're irrelevant to me. That's what non-conference is for. Show us you belong by playing one of these teams non-conference. Yeah, and um, shout out to Notre Dame. That was a very tough, hard-fought game against Northwestern. Um, on the road, that's not not an easy team, not an easy place to play. And I think Notre Dame definitely had their struggles in that one, but they were able to pull through. They took the victory home, um, so I think that was big for them. They're now sitting in the third spot. And right outside the top four, you have Georgia, who is— who, um, who, who's, who's correct about Georgia last week? I just want to put that in the universe. 
Somebody was on mm. the other side. I was on the other side. Very disappointing that my Kentucky Wildcats came out um, with that kind of effort. But Georgia, very good team. They're still alive. Oklahoma, big matchup against Oklahoma State this week. Georgia and Oklahoma are both at home. West Virginia at home versus TCU. Um, Play of the week last week. You, you can't glance over West Virginia because their coach came on the field and said, let's go F and win this game. Go for two on the final drive to put them up by one. Taking out Texas, eliminating all of Texas's hopes and dreams of a New Year's Day game or a New Year's Eve game. West Virginia, to me, love it. I think we need to see a West Virginia-Oklahoma Big 12 because I want controversy to rain down, Xander. And I know we got more teams to talk about in the top 10, but let's let's get a little controversy going, Wits. Let's go back and forth here. We know what the playoff teams look like right now. It's Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan. And the top three, if they win out, that's fine. We don't have to argue about it. But that fourth spot is super interesting to me. Because are you going to give it to the Big Ten champion? Are you going to give it to the Big 12 champion? Or are you going to give it to Georgia or Alabama, depending on if Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game? Because it would be interesting to me, because this will determine which conference is kind of favored in a sense. Because if it pans out the way we pan out, we're going to get an Oklahoma-West Virginia championship game. So that'll still be a one-loss winner and a big or in a conference champion. Or Michigan-Ohio State, also a one-loss team conference champion so which one of those teams do you think is more deserving moving forward because i think the big 10 has been down this year whereas i think the big 12 has been up Oof, that is very tough well this is why six teams are important i think there should be a 16 playoff i do like the idea of a 16 playoff because i think at the end of the year you could make a case for i think maybe at least five teams so i think six giving the one and two teams a bye um Here's my thing. Alabama should be in the playoff no matter whether they win or lose the SEC championship game. I don't I don't think there's many people who would disagree with that. Um, I think Clemson is going to get in. I think they're going to run the table. Um, they do have a tough matchup at Boston College this week, so maybe I'll be I'll singing a different tune next week. But I do believe Alabama, Clemson, and then if Notre Dame goes undefeated, there's really no reason. Notre Dame is the most likely to go undefeated. They have Florida State, USC, and some other scrub on the way. I know they play at USC, but this has been a down year for USC. Anything can happen in college football. But Notre Dame, to me, is a fixed undefeated team going to the playoffs. And they're, they're an oddity. They're a non-conference team with no conference championship. But I think you can't ignore them. And that's why they would automatically get a spot, leaving us with the trouble of the big 10 in the Big 12. And I'm interested that you say Alabama should make it no matter what, even if they lose in the SEC title game. I mean, I think they've just they've so clearly been the best team in college football. I think here's the thing with, you know, winning late in the season, although all games are are equal in my mind, I don't think they're seen or treated as equal. Um, you know, cuz it's always like that last big win, it's like is that the one that got you over the hump, but it's like I don't think you can ignore how dominant Alabama has been this year, but you bring up a great point. Like a one-loss Big Ten championship between Michigan and Ohio State. Um, if Georgia has one loss and wins the SEC championship, um, Oklahoma versus West Virginia, like that's going to be a tough decision. And hopefully, some things will clear up along the way. But if the committee is forced to make a decision between those three teams, um, you know, for that we're going to hear a lot of spot, boohooing. That's for sure. There's going to be a lot of boohooing, but I think there's going to be some rightful boohooing because, you know, if you're one of those three teams, I think you can make a case for either one of them. But I have a feeling that some things are going to get a little more clear along the way. We've still got a couple weeks to go, but 
right now, that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We'll be back after the break. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. Of course, we're always better than ever. And we're here this week to give you our picks. Last week went as such. We both lost on LSU, plus 14 and a half. It was not even close. Georgia, Kentucky, we split. I took the W. Wits actually losing the Texas game because I was wrong. West Virginia was plus one and a half, so the win was big. So I am already 2-0 and last week against Wits. Penn State and I, we both lost to Penn State one, I believe, um, plus 10 and a half. <laughs> Um, wasn't even close. Oklahoma minus 13 and a half was yours. Northwestern plus 10 was a push for me. Oklahoma, I did not pay attention to that game, so I'm not sure if you pulled that one off or not. But I did have a 2-2-1 two, two week. Not too bad for, for myself. You, on the other hand, had a bit of a, bit of a, a drudging. You went 1-4 maybe, depending on if Oklahoma did cover. Huh. like to drag me through the mud whenever I do bad, but no, uh, nothing when I do good, but... Regardless, we'll maybe, maybe this week, because if you do good this week, I do good this week and wait till you see how mad you're going to be in terms of the picks I've selected. So let's start off because we do have our ranked opponents this week. Wits, tell me a little bit about Ohio State minus three and a half on the road in Michigan State. This is a tough game. Um, I like Ohio State in this one. Michigan State, they've been, I think, very up and down this year. Um, but I think Ohio State's going to come to play in this one. I'm not a big fan of either team, but... I do think Ohio State's got their eye on the prize in the Big Ten, and I think they're going to come out. Um, I think they're going to take it to the Spartans this week, and I like you know I like them thirty-one twenty-one in this game. I think it'll be a hard-fought game by Mark D'Antoni and the Spartans, but I like Ohio State in this one. Um, I think they're going to take home the victory and then set up a showdown with Michigan in the Big Ten championship. Love it. I'm also Ohio State minus three and a half, especially since I went big on the bookie. You can't usually see Ohio State played three bad games in a row. They lost to Purdue and played a close one against Nebraska. I think they easily take this on the road. Like you said, 31-21 would be good enough for me, but I'm looking at 31-14 at the end of the day. Me and you, we took a nice little slapping from Nick Saban last week. We learned our lesson. We tried being too cute, taking the home team plus 14 and a half. Me and you, looks like we're riding Alabama minus 24 against Mississippi State. This is a game that can be 48 nothing at half if, they, if we blink too quick. Yeah, I mean, of course, this week it's probably going to be a 10-point game. Um, <laughs> not going to cover, but I think the key in this game is going to be Nick Fitzgerald for Mississippi State, and I just I just don't think he has the firepower to keep up with this Alabama defense. Um, 
think Nick Fitzgerald's a great athlete. Um, he's done really well running the ball this year. He's got over 850 rushing yards um, for the Bulldogs, but I just don't think Mississippi State's offense has nearly enough juice to keep up with Alabama. And, you know, Alabama on the offensive side of the ball is it's almost better than their defense. So, like you said, this game could be like 35 to nothing at half. I mean, that's definitely a possibility if Nick Fitzgerald can't keep this offense moving. I think over the course course of the game, Alabama is just going to be too much, too big, too fast, too strong, um, and I, I think they're going to run over Mississippi State because they're just they're just a much better football team. I'm with you. I do think that in years past they've struggled with this game after the LSU game, but with the team they have, it doesn't look like anybody could really slow them down if they wanted to. And I think LSU gave them their best shot of being slowed down, and you definitely saw that in the first half of the game. But I do like Alabama minus twenty four. We also asked, neither of us took this pick last week. We asked if it was possible that Clemson 40-point spread against Louisville. They answered that by putting up 77 points and covering the spread easily. That means we're both riding Clemson this week. It'll be against Boston College on the road. This is my most risky pick in my opinion. They are minus 20. We're riding Clemson. Give me your confidence picks behind Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers. I love Trevor Lawrence and the Tigers, and man, as good as they played last week, how embarrassing is Louisville this year? I mean, from where they were a couple years ago, um, just one play away from Lamar Jackson and them taking that game against Clemson. They're 0-6 in the ACC this year, 2-7 and overall, and yeah, you know, you're kind of questioning 40 points. I don't care who's playing who. That is a lot of points to give up, but Oh my, it was almost like Louisville wasn't on the field last week. Oh my. But you know what? This Boston College team, they're feisty. They're tough. Um, You look at their last four wins, they won at Virginia Tech, won against Miami Hurricanes, beat Louisville pretty handedly, um, and they lost a very close game at NC State. So this Boston College team, they've surprised a lot of people this year. And it's 7-2 and right now. Um... They've done some great things, and this is a huge conference game for them in the ACC, but I think I think Clemson's too much for them. I don't think they've seen a team like Clemson all year, um, but they are coming off a big win against Virginia Tech, and that is not an easy place to play. So I think it'll be close um, near the start, but I think Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's, he's showing us why he overtook Kelly Bryant as a starter over there um, for the Tigers and Dabo. So I'm going to take Clemson this week minus a 20. I, I hate doing that and Alabama in the same week, but I think there's too much firepower and I I see this game being played out pretty similar to the Alabama Mississippi state game. I think this is going to be a a matchup of one team as just far superior than the other. And although it is a conference game, it's a rivalry game. um, I think Clemson is going to be too much. And then we got the big rivalry, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma state, Oklahoma to me. We talked out through the break. They haven't really played that many play or people. I think this would be a big win. Their spread is 21 points. Hard for me to believe that a team like Oklahoma State, who's taken down Texas and has competed with the likes of West Virginia, is going to lose by more than three touchdowns to Oklahoma. So like you, I'm on your bandwagon this week. I'm taking Oklahoma State plus 21 against the Sooners. Yeah, I agree with you here. Um, Oklahoma State, although they're 5-4, and four, Oklahoma has not – they haven't really beaten anybody – that good this year. I mean, their one loss, they lost to a ranked Texas team. Um, and besides beating TCU, I'm pretty positive they haven't beaten any ranked teams. And although their offense is, they're super high powered. Um, I agree with you. I don't see Oklahoma State 
losing this game by three touchdowns. I know they're playing at Oklahoma, but um, Oklahoma State, huge win a couple weeks ago against Texas, and they did have a, a very large win the third week of the season, 44-21 versus Boise State, um, which is consistently ranked in the top 25. So give me plus 21 this week uh, with Oklahoma State. Um, I think they keep this close, and this could come down to the wire. I think this will be a very exciting game. Absolutely. And our final pick is Northwestern against Iowa. You're going Northwestern plus 11. I might be chained. No, I'm not. I'm going Northwestern plus 11 as well against Iowa. I don't see why Northwestern has shown so much disrespect. I think this is going to be a great game. I don't know if Northwestern pulls it off, but I can see if you're going a money line bet, I would take Northwestern as well. With the upset over Iowa, I like the Wildcats. Yeah, I like them too. And you look at, uh, take a look at the Big Ten standings. And at the top of the West Division is the Northwestern Wildcats. Although they're five and four overall, they're five and one in the West side of the conference. Um, Iowa's three and three right now, so this this might have a lot of implications. Um, you know, for that West Division in the Big Ten. You look at Northwestern; um, they played pretty well all year. I know they had a rough stretch to start. But, you know, after that 2017 loss to Michigan, they beat Michigan State, um, they beat Nebraska, they beat Rutgers in a very tight game, then they beat Wisconsin um, and lost a very tight game to Notre Dame last week. I thought they showed a lot of fight. Um, and I think we're going to see something similar this week against Iowa, and I think Notre Dame is a much better team than the Hawkeyes. Um, so I like Northwestern. I've always liked Pat Fitzgerald. I think he's done a lot more with a lot less over there talent-wise with Northwestern. Um and I like Clayton Thorson. I think he's going to lead this team to victory. So I guess that's a, a sport. Um, excuse me, a sporting edge special. Uh, take Northwestern on the money line this week. Absolutely. So we're five for five. The first time I think me and Wits have ever gone five for five on any stretch of picks, whether it was NFL or NCAA. But Wits, I think we have uh, beat the nail in the horse's head with NCAA. We have gone from basketball to football. Let's get back to the professional level, and we're going to talk the NFL where. I really don't want to talk the NFL, but since we're a sports show, we have to give our two cents. I watched another green and gold member of the team not wearing number 12 give away a game that should have been theirs in Foxborough. And the NFL season is treating me like a back alley whore. Just no respect. <laughs> no respect at all. Um, the Packers find themselves under 500. Um, I think if we take a look back into the record books, when was the last time they were under 500 more than halfway through the season? I feel like it had to be Aaron Rodgers' rookie year when they went six and ten. They were one and two to start the season. The year they said R E L A X. We were pushing near 500 mark when we decided to run the table and make it to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, this is probably the worst I've seen in a long, long time since Rodgers, like you said, first year and when they went six and ten. It's been heartbreaking. It's been hard to watch, especially since we have been in all these games and should have won all these games. But uh, when you have fumbleitis and you have a coach like Mike McCarthy, you really, you really don't know what you're doing out there, and it's hard to watch as a fan. Yeah, very tough for the Packers. But um, me sitting sitting here as a hometown Bears fan, five and three, top of the division, I will take it. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show. You know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We'll be back after the break, breaking down more of what happened in week nine in the NFL, and we're also going to give you our picks, so stay tuned for more.
What's up? What's up, everybody? Illinois is up 51 to 17 here on Thursday night. I, of course, have Evansville plus 16 against them. So don't take Illinois or don't take Evansville anymore this season. They were uh, they're an early season bet that I will regret moving forward. But uh, let's let's start talking about the coaches table. We're going to we have the snip list and the shit list. And we already know John Gruden's well on our snip list. But we have some other people, and especially you, that I know you want to, to put on this list. Yeah, this um, this just I, I I'm so angry about it because I'll give you a little fantasy situation. I was was down 18 points going into last Monday night. Um, I had Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry, and the guy I was playing against had the Cowboys defense. So looked pretty good. First drive, Zeke motoring down the field. Got a vulture touchdown from Derrick Henry. So going into half, the score was 100-94. to And I was kind of in and out of a slumber, and I passed out, um, you know, right as the third quarter started. And I was thinking, Zeke Elliott on a roll right now. They just got to keep pounding the ball with him. Maybe Derrick Henry gets a few more yards. I'm going to win this game easily. Woke up, lost the game 100-99. to and found out that Ezekiel Elliott touched the ball five times in the second half. The Cowboys got outscored 14-0 in the second half. It is time for Jason Garrett to go. It's time for him to leave. It's time for him to pack his bags. I am so tired of the mediocrity in Dallas. It is unbelievable how average that team has been over the past eight years with Jason Garrett under the helm. You see all these teams come and go. They're good. They're bad. They're good. But the Dallas Cowboys continue to sit there like the Redskins as the most mediocre team in the NFL, and it pisses me off because Jason Garrett just notoriously has not won not only the big game but can't even win any important game, it seems like. And the Cowboys at 3-5 and five, in a down year for the Super Bowl champions in a down year for the New York Giants, who, you know, rest in peace, Eli, and not a very good year for the Redskins. This was a perfect opportunity for Dallas to seize this division, and what Jason Garrett has done with this football team is absolutely insane. You look at the first five minutes of that game, I think the Cowboys actually forced three turnovers. Um, One of them got overturned by replay, but two turnovers in the first five minutes. Demarcus Lawrence comes up with a huge strip sack, and... This team gets outscored 14-0 in the second half. It was like they decided to go home. Something needs to change. Maybe Jerry Jones needs to fire himself. Maybe Jason Garrett needs to fire himself. But Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys piss me off. That's why Jason Garrett is snipped. I mean, I could go all, I could go on all day about it, but you know, I'm, I'm still I'm still very salty. Well, I'm clearly putting Mike McCarthy at my snip list as he it is time to go. He's overstayed his tenure. His offense has been the same since he came into the league. I need a guy like Sean McVay to have a double or a step or not a step brother, a twin brother. He needs to come over him or Kyle Shanahan. I need something new in Green Bay that will propel Aaron Rodgers' career because if if Tom Brady's playing till 45, I've got an Aaron Rodgers who's 34. I've got at least another 11 years with Aaron Rodgers, and I got to win at least five Super Bowls in that span. So we need a new coach, Mike McCarthy, the worst play caller in NFL history, statistically proven by Rosenzweig. And, and uh, it's time for him to go. It's been a long journey. He's won one Super Bowl with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I'm over it. Show him the door. Yeah, and let's um, 
couple great games in Week Nine. Uh, Saints Rams. I think that was the game of the week, um, and it did not disappoint. We had eighty total points in this one, and a huge Michael Thomas touch, seventy-two yard touchdown um, with a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter, and gave a big shout out to Joe Horn back with that cell phone celebration. He immediately got flagged, um, but it was pretty fun to watch. That was an awesome game, handing the Rams their first loss of the year. And I don't think that's the last we've heard of the Rams. I think the Saints and Rams might and you know might end up facing each other in the NFC championship game. That was an awesome matchup. Um almost had a fiery comeback by Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Um or one tip ball away from a touchdown and a possible two coin conversion from going overtime against the Chargers. But Chargers continue to play great football. They're six and two on the year. Um Brandon McManus needs to go. He missed two game-winning field goals um, for the Broncos in that one. They got him the ball back again, and he missed. The Texans have won six in a row and are now atop the NFC South. Um, Pretty good matchup between the Steelers and the Ravens. That was a one-score game that the Steelers took home on the road. Um, And then as we make make our way through the other scores, there wasn't really anything to write home about. Um, You had the Bears beating the crap out of the Bills. Chiefs took care of the Browns. Um, Todd Bowles, another guy on the hot seat. The Jets continue to look like absolute ass every week. And it looks like Sam Darnold is going to come off the bench possibly this week because he's got a foot sprain. Um, don't really know, but that kind of sums up week nine in the NFL. Um, yeah, and let's just let's get to our picks for this week because uh, we're getting to crunch time here, week 10. And give a little shout out. Pittsburgh Steelers have put up 21 points in the first 10 minutes of this football game. Uh, we had a 75-yard bomb to Juju, a pick six, and a rushing touchdown by James Conner. This game is 21-7 with four minutes to go in the first quarter. Um, so hopefully you took the over if you decided to take it. Let's rattle off our picks. Do I need to help share your picks since your lack of memory usually is a problem? Well, dude, you make me take five NCAA, five NFL. I mean, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot to remember. So, yeah, why don't you right. start us off, and I'll take it from there. Perfect. So I am going to rip New England minus six and a half, which is another pick of Witz's. I think this is just an easy one going into Tennessee, a team that did beat the Cowboys. I don't think they're good enough to play with the Patriots, and we'll see that this week. Yeah, I like the Patriots too in this one. Um, Tennessee, great effort against Dallas last week, um, especially with how that game started for them. But uh, I think we're going to see Tom Brady just dissect this defense. I'm hoping that Gronk can stay healthy and get back in this one. Looks like Sony Michelle might play as well, but just too many weapons over there. Um, going to my next pick, I'm taking the Cardinals plus 17 on the road against the Chiefs. Um, I think a bye week is very good for Josh Rosen and um, this team. I think they're going to find a way to get David Johnson the ball a lot on Sunday. And look out for Christian Kirk and Chad Williams, two great young receivers on the Cardinals. I think they keep this one close for a while, um, and, I, and I'll take them plus the 17. I'm going to rock with the Washington R-Words plus three. They will be on the road, but I do like them beating Tampa Bay. I'm not much into Fitz Magic, and I'm not much into Jameis Winston, so whatever they decide to put out there, so be it. I don't know how last week me and Xander had Mike Evans on our fantasy team. He had 11 targets with one catch for 13 yards. Not sure how that occurs, but I'm not feeling Tampa Bay. They might be Tampa May as it will be too late to the party this year. Washington Red, our words, plus three. Yeah, my next pick, I'm going with the Miami Dolphins plus. That's a disrespectful pick. Disrespectful. I don't think the Packers should be nine and a half point favorites against anybody. 
uh, let alone a team with a, a record over 500. Um, so I'm taking Brock Osweiler and the Dolphins this week. I think this is going to be a tight game. Um, it's going to make Packers fans sweat uh, because they're they're a couple losses away from writing this season off, and that is exactly what they thought was not going to happen at the start of the year um, and what looked like to be kind of a weak division um, with the Minnesota team that's been kind of uninspiring so far. Give me Detroit plus seven against the Chicago Bears. You might think the Bears are for real. I think they're not. I think this was going to be a steal away game for the Detroit Lions and Matt Stafford against his own division. Matt Stafford goes for 545 yards with four touchdowns. He's going to beat down the Chicago Bears as they will fall to five and four. Yeah, only got about one minute left here, so I believe I've got one more pick. I'm taking the Chargers. You've got, you got the Chargers plus 10, and you Minus uh, 10. At the Saints minus 5.5. Fine. Chargers yeah, minus you have the Chargers 10 minus against 10. the Raiders. That's a garbage team. Chargers are for real this year. And what was the last pick? I got the Rams minus 9.5, and, and I also have the Chargers minus 10. Okay. So a lot of similar picks this week. Are you struggling um, on your pick? Between Wits and Roz, and I always struggle with my NFL picks. Um, but hopefully it'll be a good week. Hopefully a little 10-0 and 0 action. But... Thanks for joining us, everybody. That is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We'll be back next week. Full swing NCAA basketball. We got NFL, NCAA football, and we'll be back. Have a great weekend. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.